0: This is a Music Therapy Chronicles episode with Karen
1: Sanchez. To believe in yourself, um, to have confidence that all things that are um, worth doing are going to be scary, and to not shy away because you're afraid.
0: You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote. I'm your weekly host and a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode, and consider leaving us a rating and review. We really appreciate them. You can find more podcast episodes, links to our pod courses, the self-care community, links to all of our social media and get on our monthly newsletter all at musictherapychronicles.com. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show today, and you can always reach me by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Thank you so much for being here today and tuning into this podcast episode. I really appreciate your support of the show. We are rapidly approaching 200 episodes of the Music Therapy Chronicles, which is blowing my mind. Um, can't believe that I've been at this for almost four years, which is crazy. But anyway, thank you for your support, whether you're a new listener or a seasoned listener. If you tune in every now and then or if you have not missed any of the episodes, um, I appreciate your support in any way. And if you're not already subscribed to the show, please subscribe so you don't miss any of the future episodes that are coming down the pipeline. Today's conversation with Karen was a really great exploration of just like the journey of being a music therapist, I feel like I don't often have the opportunity to talk with people who have been in this field for multiple decades. And so it was really great to hear Karen's story and how she has pivoted and evolved and what she's seen over time and her acknowledgement of like, hey, some things go are really going well and some things aren't. And that changes and the ebbs and flows and we keep on keeping on and doing the next right thing, the next thing that feels best, and sharing some of the successes successes she has had along the way as a tongue twister. So um, I love this quote from her, all things worth doing are scary. I love that so much um, and is a great reminder of sometimes we have like really big ideas or really ambitious goals and we can talk ourselves out of it. And, you know, very often that's just the fear telling us, you know, whether it's more of like an imposter imposter syndrome, wow, I can't talk today. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Whether it's an imposter syndrome type feeling, um, you know, telling yourself all the reasons you can't do something or if it's just scary in general because it's new, hasn't been done, hasn't been done by you, whatever it may be. Um, those scary things are worth doing. They're worth trying. So take that with you into this week in whatever way best serves you. Um, yeah, let's get into this conversation with Karen. All right, Karen. Welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the
0: invitation. Of course. I'm excited to have you on. I always ask the, um, the guests how they're doing today, and feel free to be authentic in that answer if you'd like.
1: Uh, as we were saying, it was a series of unfortunate events this morning. So I'm just running a little later to things than I wanted to. So now at least I get to be here, be present, be centered, and forget everything that happened up until this point
0: cool we appreciate that and uh that you were making the time to be on the show so thank you you're
1: welcome
0: to yeah to start us do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and it could be related to music therapy or not
1: sure um I've been a board certified music therapist for, this is where I have to do math, 21 years now. I graduated from um, University of the Pacific in Stockton, California with my bachelor of music and music therapy. I've been in private practice as a music therapist since 2002. I guess that's 20 years. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. I just did the math. Oh, I should have. I should be posting more about that. And then I did my internship at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento on pediatrics. And once I started my private practice, I realized that I wanted more business training. So I went back to school and got uh, a master's of business administration in entrepreneurship and healthcare management and expanded my practice with each child that I had. So I actually have three children. Uh, Their ages are 20, 15, and 13. And so um, the practice was in Harmony Music Therapy Services and we were operating under that name until 2021. I went back to school, got my doctorate in psychology. So I'm also a licensed psychologist in the state of California. And with that, we converted to a psychological corporation and now we are called the Pacific Resiliency Center for Psychology, Wellness and the Arts in Stockton. We have a staff of, I have to count four, five, six, five, six board certified music therapists. We are a university affiliated internship site with the University of the Pacific. And we have some in-between music therapists that are board eligible that are hoping we'll pass their test real soon. So I think that's everything. I might be missing things. Anyway, in our in our music therapy practice, we serve a wide variety of populations from um, birth, early childhood, NICU, to end of life, hospice, oncology, pediatrics, working with um, children with special needs all over the spectrum as far as people that we serve. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's certainly a lot. (laughs) You were saying, I think that's it, but like, that's a lot. (laughs) No. And then I primarily operate as administrator and see uh, psychology patients. So I also do um, occupational medicine, psychology, and neuropsychology. So I do neuropsychological evaluations.
0: Yeah. Oh, so cool. So I, I'm curious what inspired you to go back to school for your doctorate in psychology? Cause I know cross training is a thing that like, depending on who you talk to, people can be kind of hot or cold about it, but the people True. who do go for it are usually like this kept happening or I was in this situation or I needed this. And like, it led me to this um, this cross-training so what what brought you there
1: sure well it's kind of funny that you asked because back in high school you know back in the 90s <laughs> when I was debating what to do I was debating between music education and psychology so I played flutes mm-hmm. fourth grade was a marching band you know total band geek wanted to do something with music but I want to say that was a time where they were cutting music out of schools where mm-hmm. I lived and I thought okay maybe that's not a good idea and it was this random list of possible careers for some test I was taking. I don't remember. And I had a classmate tease me. Oh, Karen, you should do this music therapy thing, right? And I thought, oh, that sounds great. Joke's That's- on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so applied to UOP, gone in. didn't really even totally understand because back then there, we really didn't use the internet. It was a book yes. you had to read through. <laughs> dinosaur days. Right. And so, so I kept going and I had envisioned music therapy being what is like music psychotherapy, where you sit with a patient, you talk about music, you listen to it, talk about your feelings, that kind of thing. But I embraced the program working with, you know, children and schools and um, special needs populations. And, you know, I loved doing the work. But after I got my master's, I kept telling myself, well, I really want to get a doctorate in something, and I want to do something that is going to be clinically, I mean, and financially, honestly, advantageous. I would be in interdisciplinary team meetings at hospitals, meeting with families, and unfortunately, I would always feel like I was not treated as a valid healthcare professional or a mental health professional, and just the insurance world, trying to get funding for treatments and services, it it was getting pretty frustrating. You know, you get, you get burnt out on advocating for what we do and how great it is. And um, so I decided, you know what, go big or go home. (laughs) I'm going to go back to school. Wasn't sure how I was going to manage all of that with the kids Mm -hmm. and the practice, Uh, but I found a really good blended program at Capella University in Minneapolis. So I thought, okay, I'll do that. It's part internet. I had to travel a lot for residency and face-to-face hours, but I did it. And then, you know, passed all my big exams and got licensed. And it's so different on, um, I guess, this side of, of that, that line and just seeing, okay, seeing how insurances work. This is why we have trouble um, as music therapists getting funding. And so it's funny because I got licensed the week before the world shut down. Of course. (laughs) So now that the world is opening up, now I'm finally looking at, okay, what what was I going to do with this license? I mean, I'm practicing psychology because I need a job. And I mean, I'd worked, uh, I'd worked for Kaiser Permanente. It's an HMO out here for two years. Then I was licensed, stayed on for a year after I was licensed. But ultimately I wanted to really get back to being 100% my own boss again but this time mm. as a psychologist. So um so now I'm actually at a point where what going back to your question what what was the the point i guess of <laughs> going back to school and getting all those loans out again but I'm trying to figure out right now actually how to merge the two in a way that maybe hasn't even been done before in our field I went back to the neurologic music therapy training again for the second time earlier this year and I'm trying to figure out right now actually okay I do neuropsychological evaluations and I see where music therapy would be very beneficial for these patients. And even in my practice, I'll use music therapy in, um, in my counseling and helping um, patients with coping skills for traumatic brain injury and dementia and give them all these tools on how to use music, but trying to figure out how to get the insurance, you know, to cover Music therapy—that's mm. right where I'm at right now. And again, it's because COVID just opened up, and it's like, okay, now I can finally figure out what my plan was. So, so both prof- uh, personal reasons that I went back to school, and then professionally, I wanted to be able to figure out how to better serve the community, and I felt like having that extra, I guess, influence clinically would be a way to do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. yeah
0: totally I think that's um unfortunately what a lot of us find is like hey when we need to go back it needs to hit different boxes uh and Mm -hmm. a lot of those boxes have to do with billing and insurance which yeah but that's but that's still really cool that you're like okay so now I have all of this I have this like very overarching umbrella and like I'm trying to find a way that works for me and is unique. And you did the neurologic
1: training twice. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, I did it the first time. I want to say it was back in 2015. I was in my doctoral program. I had started, I think I'd started doing my field work practicum for neuropsych practice. And I thought, okay, let me go get this done too. Plus I needed, you know, my CMTEs and I thought this will be Mm -hmm. perfect. And it was cool because I was learning more about, the neuropsych stuff and the brain and that merged it but I was also overwhelmed during that time and I felt like a lot of it didn't stick because there was a lot going on yeah I thought okay let me go back now now that I'm licensed um kind of as I got to sign up as like there's a discount if you've taken it before kind of like a refresher. Yeah. Not significant, but it was good. It was worth doing again. So now, like I said, that's where I'm at. Okay. Now what do I do? What do we do with this? Because I could totally see how we can use NMT in my practice, but trying to figure out how to bridge that and figuring out, okay, can I make those referrals as far as um, insurance being the one that does the evaluation? Can I say music therapy is medically necessary and Mm -hmm. will insurance cover that? So Someone out there may have the answer for me. I don't know. I just haven't had time to really dig deep into finding that answer. So I don't know how many neuropsychologists, neuromusic therapists are out there. I don't think there are very very many, but there might be. So if you're out there, (laughs) feel free to reach out. Let's connect. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I actually, this is funny. I went to my cousin's wedding this weekend and she is studying to be a neuropsychologist Mm -hmm. with like the neuroscience, like all of it. Uh, and so the table she had sat me at was with a bunch of her, um, fellow students. And I was like, I'm, I'm not like a neuroscientist, but I'm a music therapist. And like, I can kind of understand the things you're talking about. Totally can.
1: That was cool. And you'll probably, you could have blown them away with all the things that, you know, about music, you know, works. And I've actually had the opportunity twice before i even got licensed to present at the california psych association conference they never let students present apparently but i got to present for you how music can help with mental health um like simple basic conversations psychologists can have with patients about music that isn't music therapy and then i did another one uh for music therapy with um with seniors, so I touched on a little bit of the neuroscience there, and they're always so amazed by all this information. It's like, yeah, can you make those referrals, please? Right. So I think the next one, if I do it again, um, will be doing more of a neuro so they could understand um, the relationship. My dissertation was on um, developing a music, I'm sorry, a trauma informed music therapy manual, which I presented on at the music therapy conferences. They did a lot of overlay of the neurology, neurobiology of trauma, and the mm. research in the neurobiology of music, and did a lot of comparisons between trauma informed psychological treatments and our music therapy treatments. And so it was this whole big thing. And I really want to be able to present that. Um, I do have the manual. I'm still working on converting it to an ebook. I've just been really burnt out and busy, <laughs> but it's still on my list of things to do. When I did present it at one of the, the music therapy conferences, I know everyone wanted a copy of it. So it's still in process if anyone was there and is wondering where that is. But I think the research is just so important. And we know that music therapy is beneficial for children and adults who have had a, trima- a trauma, history, but really looking at that science so that we can present it in a way that's more accepted in the, the medical and mental health field. I think is really important. Yeah. yeah. It's so, I'm
0: so glad you said though, that the neuroscience community was really receptive to what we have to offer. Cause I was thinking that I was like, I wonder if they were like, Oh, this is cool. It's a tool that like we can tap into, or if they w- may have, you know, gone the other way that other medical professionals sometimes go when they mm-hmm. hear about music so, therapy. So it's and we have to, to speak have that their
1: language, you know, uh, yeah. and this was, you know, these were psychologists, some were maybe neuropsych. I don't know if it was mainly psychologists, but being able to speak their language and, and frame it in a way where, Oh, I can see how this is helpful for my patient as opposed to, I guess, I don't know. I think we as music, therapists we tend to come from a trying to prove ourselves kind of yes, vibe right 100% and we want to come off as very confident like this is what i do this is what i know this is what i know is going to help our patients that we work with um which i think is what what they're more receptive to uh, yeah. as opposed to i guess trying too hard I don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a, it's that balance
0: because again, you, you want people to see the value and to know like, Hey, we know what we're doing. We know our stuff, but also like we have stuff to learn from them. They have stuff to learn from us. I, one thing that I've talked about with some um, friends I have who are cross-trained is the um, relief they felt when they became cross-trained to no longer have to explain Yeah, for the listeners, she's nodding her head for, they no longer had to explain to people what they did. They could just be like, I'm a therapist and I'm also a music therapist. And people kind of were just like, okay, cool. Whereas someone who's just, just not just, but music (laughs) therapist, you know, they're like, you know, you're constantly having to do that. Um, And just like the the people who I know who are cross-trained no longer having that burden of the constant advocacy, just talk about how much relief that brings them.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And, and I guess there's guilt with that too. Like feeling bad that I feel relieved. Um, And now, and it's, I guess it's also looking at how unfair it is, you know, now I'm a psychologist and I'm a board certified music therapist. Oh, wow. That's so cool that you're also a music therapist. Whereas before, Mm -hmm. when I was, like you said, you know, air quotes, just a music therapist, it was, oh, okay. You know, but I'm still the same person. I still basically do the same things when I do music therapy interventions. And it's just unfortunate. I think just, for the field as a whole, which I know is not the case for everyone. It also depends on the state that you're in and, mm. you know, what the billing um, climate is like in your state. But yeah, the the advocacy fatigue is, is a real thing. And I was going to present on that topic at a conference once, but I don't think enough people signed up and then I think that was a conference that c- canceled because of COVID anyway, but I mean, that struggle is real and, um, and not everyone, I mean, honestly is built to continue advocating all mm. the time. There's so many, which I was going to present about, there are so many other psychological factors that contribute to those that can keep on advocating and those that get burned on it, um. think it's exhausting because when your profession um, is your identity, you feel like you're constantly having to defend who you are as a person. And not everyone can do that for a long time, which again is where self-care comes in. And and I don't know, part of me feels like, okay, it was not a (laughs) cop-out going back to school and getting my doctorate so that I could have an actual license you know, so there is, there is that guilt. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but I I feel like as long as I can use that new, I guess that new power <laughs> to help propel music therapy, then I don't feel as guilty, I guess, um, which is yeah. what I'm trying to do. But at the same time, you know, I need to make a living. So I see patients and that takes up a lot of time, because that's one-on-one time where I'm not able to do all these Things I have in my head that I want to be able to do to help, you know, help music therapists in general, because I've been in this field for a while now. And, you know, I've seen a lot of progress with the field, but I've seen a lot of, I guess, loss too, as far as people who have left the field, um, especially when we have our kids and our families, you know, and that's, mm. I did, I mean, I stepped back from clinical work, I had employees that, you know, I took that time and there was guilt there too. Like guilt is this um, theme, I guess, but, um, but now I'm at a place where, okay, my kids are older. um, I've got this license. COVID is lifting. I can actually do more things now. So right now I'm actually figuring out how to scale back my patient caseload so I can do more of these things that I had originally way back when envisioned myself doing just never thought this pandemic was going to happen and push <laughs> it right <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> yeah tell me more about what you've seen lived through in running your practice for so long um sure. because that
1: is like a really long time to be to be doing that mm-hmm. yeah well I mean any business has its ups and downs um a lot of the challenges were tied to advocating for music therapy services, having families that really want music therapy, but can't afford to pay yeah. out of pocket. Um, the school districts where I live just historically don't have a lot of funding for very much in special education, just in general I mean, parents have to get attorneys just to get speech therapy, things like that. Wow. So that's been really rough. Um, in California, we have a regional center system. So um, every county falls under a regional center and they're in charge of, um, I guess, managing services for uh, people with developmental disabilities ages three through 21. And so, I mean, I remember going with a family to advocate for them to have therapy or music therapy. And I even had recordings of, you know, how they were able to you know, say their name in one session when they couldn't do it before. And they were still like, no, um, and it's heartbreaking. Um, eventually we were able to get funding, but pa- um, parents had to exchange their respite funds for music therapy at our regional. Oh which a lot of them were able to do. And then 2009, they cut all of the music therapy services. And I want to say the entire state for a while. Although um, more recently though, and this is what I'm in the middle of is um, parents are able to get music therapy through um, self-determination, which is like a sample or platter. Like you get a certain amount of funds, you get to decide what you're going to use your funds for. So I'm in the middle of that, starting to market our services again. Um, so that those families can get those services, but it's a lot of advocacy. Um, staffing has been difficult. Yeah. Luckily, I've had a couple music therapists that have been with me for a while, but to be able to offer offer like full time work is difficult, um, just because the funding is limited. Uh, Most of my employees, actually, I want to say all of them are part-time employees, uh, which works out for some because they have families and they're, you know, people are fine with part-time, but I, you know, I've lost a lot of people along the way because they want full-time positions. So they leave, Uh, being in Stockton, we're an hour east of San Francisco, an hour south of Sacramento And so a lot of people don't want to stay here, which I don't blame them, but Mm. I get, I get staff because the university is here in town. And um, a lot of times I'll get graduate students that are here for their graduate program and then they work and they leave, which is fine, but it's hard. It's hard to retain staff in this area too. Um, I like to think I pay pretty well, but, you know, in order to keep people here, you, I feel like they need to have a reason to stay, which is a a good, um, good pay, but that does make it harder to, you know, manage like overhead and those kinds of things. So, so it's a struggle. I mean, a lot of the the good things are that, you know, I think we're in five different counties in Northern California Wow, providing services. It might be more, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's good. You know, services, um, they come and go based on the different contracts and who we're serving and so that feels good that we're able to to serve the, those many um, that many different communities and areas in the state and we've had some long time contracts where you know they really believe in music therapy for for the people they provide services to so so that's been nice
0: yeah yeah it sounds like um a give and take. Like you said, you've had some long time employees, you've had some long time contracts and like you have a lot of stuff that's kind of fluid and um, <laughs> it's not really a, a problem you can solve on your own in the position you're in, but you're, you're doing the best you can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. There's definitely sure. the
1: ups and downs. Sometimes contract checks don't come in before we have to pay <laughs> employees and it's okay. guess I'm pulling that money out of my bank account. I'm going to get in there for a little bit just to make sure everyone gets paid and then you know, so there's a lot of that that goes on in the background, which I'm sure all other business owners understand. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a change in the way they're going to make payments. So now instead of getting it within 15 days, you have to wait 60 days. Okay. Well, how am I supposed to pay the people (laughs) between now and then? So ups and downs, but definitely still rewarding. You know, I do have to every now and then really look, okay, is this still still worth mm-hmm. it because it isn't stressful but it's rewarding and so um, especially now that I've gotten this license as a psychologist you know um, I feel like we have two sides to our practice there's a psych side and there's a music therapy side and I'm um, always making sure okay music therapy side as far as business is still good uh, but the reality is if I start to feel like you know I'm losing money. And it's like, okay, well, are you willing to lose money for the sake of advocacy? You know, yeah. And that's just business. Which I mean, I'm not there, but it's just, you know, stressful to even have to think about it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I can't imagine. Being in that position, having to make those tough decisions and, you That's know, and give your people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they do. I really care about my employees. I just want to make sure they have work. You know, I feel good knowing that they can have jobs or 100% of what they do is music therapy. When I worked for uh, a mental health facility, as a rehab therapist and a psychiatric rehab therapy assistant before that we maybe had like one music therapy group a week and a sing along group and the rest was exercise nail care um recreation yeah. and arts and crafts um you know and so to think about wow, well, at least they get to do what music therapy 100% of the time i think that helps motivate me to keep to keep going
0: yeah good on you thank you for uh for being that in our profession. Obviously we need people like you who are willing to do that and make the tough decisions and put in the effort and keep pushing forward. So thank you. Thank you for You're doing welcome. that. So tell us about Sophie's Place.
1: Mm-hmm. So um Sophie's Place, let's see, we started. So it's a collaboration between the Taylor Family Foundation out of Livermore and the Forever Young Foundation. Um, to provide services for the mobile version of Sophie's Place, um, which I think most people are familiar with Sophie's Place as the fixed um, section of the hospitals on the pediatric um, floor where the kids can come and do music therapy and performing artists come and then, you know, they can record music. But we're the mobile version. Um, so the way the program is set up, uh, we travel to Hospitals that have pediatrics um, services that are not have no plan to hire a music therapist uh, on staff, whether it's contracting or employee, and so um, so um, the Taylor Family Foundation helps us connect with these uh, facilities, and our music therapist uh, goes out to the facility for you know several hours a week, and then. the Taylor Family Foundation also um, was funding Camp Arroyo. It's changed since COVID. Don't even know exactly how to. I guess they're still providing funding <laughs> for the services. They're just not running Camp Arroyo now. Anyway, but Camp Arroyo is a Livermore and they provide, um, it's a campground where uh, organizations that provide services and supports for children with disabilities, chronic illnesses, diseases, um, special needs, including like bereavement camps for children, um, where they can all go and have a, you know, a camp experience, um, for the chronic illnesses and diseases. It's particularly every, all the kids have the same, the same issue, whether it's, um, disease, uh, brain tumors, uh, HIV, sickle cell, you name it, they have a camp and it's basically to provide um, a normal, normalized camp experience. So they don't have to be like self-conscious about their, their illness and disease and they can, um, they can meet other kids and play and do all those things. And so we actually provide the music, um, groups for them to help with, um, like positive socialization, self-esteem building, um, team building, um, collaboration with other children, um, empowerment, that kind of thing. A little bit more specific curriculum for the, the grief camps to help with with grief. And so that's basically what we do. So we actually go to camp, um, do the groups there. and then um, right now we have one music therapist that goes to the pediatric medical facilities and provides bedside music therapy there. And so she's part of, you know, the the team there as far as coordinating treatment and plan of care for the kids. Yeah,
0: so cool that you're able to, make music therapy accessible in that way right this is another avenue you found that's Mm -hmm. not private pay it's not uh, insurance because that's not usually an option so that's awesome to know things like that are out there if we if we're able to look for them and find them
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely I think we've been there since I want to say 2000 2013 I don't know I think that's Sounds about right. If they're listening, they can correct me later. I think it's 2000 So we started with just their camps, but the goal was to get into the pediatrics. Um the pediatrics facilities and then I think we started that the next year. So, so yeah, we've been there and you know, the Taylor Family Foundation has been really great in providing the funding for opportunities for that. So
0: cool. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we do the rapid fire?
1: Um, nothing I can think of, (laughs) like, this sounds scary, rapid fire. Okay. They're all about you. Okay. So my coffee, hold on.
0: (laughs) Me too. I'll take a sip too. My brain's, you know, ready for it. Where, where are you? What time is it over there? I'm in, um, New England. So I'm on Eastern
1: time. Hmm. It is. 30 gotcha it's yeah early here I mean it's not too early but <laughs> that's early that's <laughs> early for a Saturday morning yeah sure.
0: <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by the music therapy podcast collective also known as mtpc where you can find a variety of CMTE opportunities in the form of pod courses. All of MTPC's pod courses are built on a listen, learn, apply model, where you start by listening to some assigned podcast episodes. Then move into learning with the assistance of a workbook filled with resources for you to start your self-study towards whatever topics are most interesting, inspiring, and applicable to your practice. And then we finish with the apply section, which includes an office hour. And a worksheet to determine how you are going to apply your learning to your personal life or professional practice. You can find all the Music Therapy Chronicles pod courses on our website, musictherapychronicles.com, and you can find the entire catalog of pod courses at MTPC's website, mtpodcastcollective.com. Make sure you also get on the MTPC newsletter for 10% off your first pod course purchase. Okay, I'm ready. All right. The first one I might know the answer to coffee or tea whole is this like have black and white
1: all or nothing or can i know okay i'll say this the, the questions are short but your answers don't have okay to. so coffee in the morning um tea when i'm feeling stressed then i actually have some of the um i think it's tea, van, tea vana the peach tranquility and one of the other ones for relaxation so i actually do both <laughs> coffee in the morning and tea like mid-afternoon end of the day. <laughs> Perfect. Sure. Early bird or night owl. Early bird. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I try to, I guess the term is like sleep revenge (laughs) where you try to stay up late and do all the fun things that I just can't. I, my I'm yawning at nine o'clock and I would rather get up early when my brain is fresh to do things, mm. because you're, I just feel like I'm more productive in the morning. I don't like it. I guess. I don't know if that means you have to like it, but I think just my body wants to be an early bird, so I kind of have to go with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's working out for you yeah. today.
1: What
0: <laughs> it's working out for you today.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cool.
0: Something you would tell your younger self.
1: Ooh, I would probably tell my younger self um, to believe in yourself, um, to have confidence that all things that are um, worth doing are going to be scary, and to not shy away because you're afraid. Um, And I'd probably... Tell myself what I tell a lot of people, you know, no expectations, no disappointment, whether it's of situations or people or, you know, of yourself, just to do what you believe in, what you're passionate about and not what you feel like you should be doing, I guess, um, in a sense, and that um, everything would be okay. And I, I even tell my kids, you know, figure out your passion, figure out how to do that for a living. And just make sure you can live within your financial means and you will be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 What a great way to sum up our conversation today.
1: Sure. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> your music therapy elevator
1: speech. Okay. Gosh, I haven't done that in a while. Let's see. So music therapy is basically a healthcare profession where um, it's different than music education. A music educator's goal is to teach music, whether it's an instrument or singing. And what we do as music therapists is to help people achieve non-musical goals, whether that's socially, neurologically, emotionally, physically, using music as the tool. So that's my short version of it. And then they usually say, oh, really? And then I expand more and I give them specific information on like music and memory or, oh, how did you learn your ABCs? You didn't learn it by chanting all the letters. You um, <laughs> you learn the song. And I'm sure when you're filing and trying to al- alphabetize, you probably sing the ABC song in your head. And usually that gets the conversation going further. But Depending on where I am, if I'm in a hospital, I'll talk about um, pain management and music or nausea, music as distraction for nausea. Um, and then if I'm on the street, I'll usually um, talk about how music, you know, helps us emotionally um, and how it ties to certain memories in our lifetime and how we use. That power of music and its effects on the brain, to to help people with um, different different issues that they're dealing with. Yeah, I think that's
0: really accessible because you're starting with something people understand, just right. music education, and then, yeah, and then for sure. Yeah, and it's really clear how we are different from music education because mm-hmm. sometimes that's that's challenging for people to grasp unless you very
1: clearly set that boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think that helps them just helps it be a little bit more concrete. Okay. You're not teaching the music. You're using the music to do other things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good. Your favorite
1: self-care practice. Oh, I have multiple, but yeah. so it depends. <laughs> it depends on the intensity of where I'm at as far as stress. If it is one mm-hmm. of those days where I need a mental health day now. I am overwhelmed. I'm losing focus. I'm forgetting things. I'm doing weird things like, oh, I threw my keys in the garbage. Those are my signs. <laughs> you are not okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, you're trying to unlock the door from like the inside. Those are signs that your brain is overwhelmed and you need to stop and take a day. Um, And so I'll actually drive out to um, this place called um, Knight's Ferry. It's a river (laughs) on the side of like in the middle of nature. I go out there, I put my chair down, I put my feet in the water and I just sit there like all day just to get grounded and calm everything down. So that's my emergency self-care, like which doesn't happen very often, maybe once or twice a year. But my, um, routine like maintenance self-care is, um, massage at least once or twice a month. Um, I go and I get a pedicure at least once a month. Um, those are, uh, like not, not every day daily. I will, um, stop turn some relaxing piano, jazz music on, make a cup of tea. I have candles right here at my desk uh, made with essential oils. I will light those and give myself a five minute just mental Mm. break um, just to calm everything down. And so I basically practice everything that I preach or anything that I suggest to any of my patients. It's only because I do it too. And I know that it works Um, but I try to do something that's, you know, daily and then like the bigger things that are once or twice a month. And then, um, I was trying to go out to the coast and the beach once a month too, but with my kids sports lately, I haven't (laughs) been able to figure that out. It's like a two and a half hour drive, but that was one of my self-care things, but just trying to connect to nature at least once a month is important for me too. Even if it's going to a soccer game and just making sure my feet are in the grass for a while. Um, just to connect to the earth is really, really calming. So yeah. I love that you have the different tiers yeah.
0: because I think that people, you know, when they answer this question, they often think daily, weekly. Maybe they think those monthly things, but having that emergency thing where it's not just like, I need a mental health day. And then you get to the mental health day and you're like, I actually don't know how to use this time to best support myself to mm-hmm. be able to have a plan. Um it's something that I might spend some time doing later today. Yeah. Just like,
1: we'll to have it. Knowing, you know, doing how the brain works and what happens when we're overwhelmed. Um, like I notice, I always tell people, what are your early signs of burnout, of stress? So I know what mine are. Like I said, if I throw the keys in the garbage or do something really weird. Like, what the heck was that? Then I know, okay, Karen, you're burnt out. You need to stop. Um, you're doing too much. Your brain needs to just stop. Just be in the moment calm down which I know for me is nature and I also know cold water that's my other sorry that's my other emergency Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-care if I don't have time to like drive of an hour to to the river I'll jump in a cold shower and it always works it just like calms everything down um and so sometimes like at the end of a stressful day a cold shower is um, the way to go but I notice, like if I start noticing I'm zoning out I'm, you know starting to get irritable with people that I love that kind of thing then there's yeah. signs and it's like okay those are my signs I gotta just do it don't even think about it just go and do it because I know I'll feel better afterwards yeah. mm-hmm. I love that love that so much yeah you're welcome
0: <laughs> what is something that's currently adding value to your life
1: I want to say, um, the, I guess, now I'm at a place where I can be really flexible with my work schedule. And mm-hmm. so I can basically, with well, a couple exceptions, we um, get to all my children's sporting events now. There was a lot of sacrifice when I was in school. Um, especially the doctorate program. And so now, oh, my child has an event, just not going to schedule anyone there. And so yeah. um, and then choosing to be very present when I'm there, like I'm not checking emails. Um, you'll probably see a message on your Instagram from me because I thought I was running late. And like I said, I rescheduled things this morning to make it work. Um, because I said, I don't have my work emails on my phone, so I don't actually have the ability to figure out how to call you to tell you that I might be late. And so, um, and that's something I'm done too. Um, I have just for now, at least taken my work emails off my phone so that when I'm done, I am done and I can be present with, Mm -hmm. with family or whatever I'm doing outside of work. And so that's definitely helped me, um, I guess not necessarily that it's adding value because I was already doing those things, but I guess the value of being able to be 100% present um, has really helped a lot. So it's not like a lot of things have changed. It's just how how I'm doing them. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: and it you know, could be something you've been doing for a decade and it still adds value to your life. That's what you're still doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, so there's yeah. that. I want to say that's probably the main thing right now
0: yeah good for you I am um, as someone who did sports a lot growing up it is it is very valuable
1: as the child too to have the parents type of support yeah for sure. for sure for sure and I have three that are now doing sports so one's doing two sports <laughs> so it can get pretty crazy
0: yeah yeah for sure all right, your favorite intervention or song to use in a session?
1: Hmm, that depends on where I'm at. But one that I usually use is um, I Am Light by yes. Um I use that a lot, not even necessarily in music therapy with clients or patients, but I've done a lot of... Um, wellness presentations music and wellness presentations and so that's one that I like to use but like a big group um where we I actually do like the fill in the blank um thing where it's you know I am blank I am blank I am not blank and then what I actually do is I have people um go home as an exercise and have music playing in the background where they just read the lyrics that they wrote as like a daily affirmation to listen to um, when they're feeling feeling down or struggling. Um, Again, it's not necessarily in those scenarios, it's not necessarily music therapy, but I like to teach about like how to use music for self-care, that kind of thing. So maybe I'll use that in an individual session, but primarily I tend to like to do that when I have a large a large group, but I'm doing those types of presentations.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very accessible for a variety of people. And that's a very powerful song. I love that one.
1: Yeah, me too. All
0: right, last question is where can the listeners find you and connect with you?
1: Well, there's our website, it's pacificresiliency.com. And then you can email me there. It's at pacificresiliency.com. We are on Instagram. I want to say it's at Pacific Resiliency Center. I don't think there's a, there might be a, I can't remember. <laughs> so and then Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't actually posted in a while. Um, I think I've just been so busy. It happens. in a while and i've been overwhelmed with psychology referrals so i kind of wanted to scale back like <laughs> yeah internet presence because i was getting to a point where i couldn't make all the calls back to the people that were calling so so you're wondering why there isn't a post for a while. That's why I need to, yeah. need to figure out a different way to do this. And actually, like I said before, I'm in the middle of figuring out, okay, how am I going to go ahead and start doing more marketing for the music therapy program now that COVID is lifting there's access to, to funds again. And so um, I'm going to be doing that. I, that was part of the reason that I had stopped was I keep getting calls, but you know, there are people can't afford it or... Um, there wasn't funding. So I figured, okay, let me just stop for a while until I have an answer for them <laughs> so that they yeah. can, yes services.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I hope that goes smoothly for you. Me too. I actually have an intern right now, so I don't know if she's going to hear this or not. I might make her listen to it, but anyway, she's a uh, bachelor in health and human services, like from uh, university of Phoenix. And she had reached out and I thought, oh, you might be a good person (laughs) to do those things for me and um, get the social media going, figure out developing um, just the community presence of our services to connect with families on, on getting funding. So I'm excited about that. So we should actually have some more things over the next few weeks because I'm assigning those to her. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So cool. And that, could be a really cool overlap and of all these worlds of Mm -hmm. yeah to have like all of that in-house so cool I can't wait to hear how that goes for you thanks I'm excited I'm excited good awesome well thank you for making the time to be on the show and you know making this morning work and being flexible and I really appreciate that and I know the listeners will get a lot out of this
1: Good, I hope so anyone, you know, has any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, it may take a day or two for me to respond, but but I will. And again, thanks for the opportunity to share my story and my journey as a music therapist. It's definitely been interesting, but, you know, we're still going and we'll hopefully continue to keep going. Something to be said for that. <laughs> for sure.
0: you again for tuning in to this episode with karen i hope you got a lot out of it wherever you are in your music therapy journey knowing that there are ebbs and flows and changes and you can make things possible if you think creatively and there are awesome people like karen in our profession who are spearheading still after all these years spearheading the changes and evolution and support and all those things that um can feel really hard but there are people out there doing the work to continue making making our job possible so I hope you're feeling good after listening to this episode I hope you got a lot out of it again please subscribe to the show so you don't miss any episodes if you haven't found us on social media please do I'd really appreciate your support over there as well um Yeah. And I guess my social media game isn't always super strong. So if you really want to be up to date on everything going on behind the scenes and uh, what's coming up, what to expect, where to get CMTEs, all that good stuff, make sure you're on our newsletter. You can find that at musictherapychronicles.com. Thanks again for tuning into today's episode and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and got a lot out of it. If you're looking for more Music Therapy Chronicles, you can check out our website, musictherapychronicles.com, for more episodes, blog posts, social media links, um, contact information, our self-care community, and our CMTE opportunities in the form of Pod courses. Hop on our monthly newsletter if you haven't already and follow us on social media for just staying up to date on what's going on behind the scenes. We are Music Therapy Chronicles on all of the platforms. Please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. They really help the podcast be more visible so more people like you who are looking for this type of content can find it. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this week's episode, and I'll see you in the next one.